This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. Like Shiloh said, welcome. If you are new here at Commission, if this is your first time visiting, I just want to say thank you. Uh, I wanted to quickly introduce myself. My name is Ashish. I get to serve here uh, on the team here at Commission, uh, just uh, serving our community here in Plano. Uh, we're new here in the city, uh, or, or in this part of the city. We've always been in Plano, but in this part of the city, we just moved into this building not too long ago, and uh, I just want to say thank you for coming and worshiping with us. You might be a guest. Uh, you might be visiting with family over the uh, over the holidays, or uh, you might just be in town and uh, you might be visiting. It doesn't matter. I just want to say thank you so much for taking this Sunday to visit with us. Uh, on the other hand, if you're looking for a home church, uh, if you're in transition, and if you've probably not been to church in a while, and if you're coming back to church, I want to invite you to come and be a part of our growing uh, church here. We're, we're a very diverse church. If you look around, you'll probably see people from different colors, different backgrounds, different ethnicities. But what makes it beautiful is this is how it's going to be in heaven. Amen. So we take the awkwardness out of what it's going to look like in heaven. Yeah. So we, we learn how to worship together with every race, every culture, every background. And I pray that we will continue being a church for all people and all nations. Uh, so thank you. Welcome. Hey, uh, Commission Church, can we put our hands together and welcome uh, people that are visiting with us today? Or if you're new here, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. We don't do awkward things like making you stand up or giving you the mic and saying hi. or We don't do any of that stuff. So uh, I, I want to just say thank you. Uh, I want to jump right into the Word. I have the privilege to teach the Word this morning. I want, you to, I want us to jump right into the Word of God. Uh, we're going to do a mini-series uh, right before we jump into our Advent series, our Christmas series, uh, our sermon series. Uh, I, I, we're we're going to spend three weeks uh, studying from this mini-series that we're going to call Audacious Prayers. Audacious Prayers. Uh, and this morning, I want to subtitle my message... Uh, search me, search me. Uh, I still remember like it was yesterday when I was growing up uh, as a young boy sleeping in my tiny bed in my 8 by 10 tiny room uh, in my parents' home. Uh, growing up in India, uh, we, you know, we had this passion for all things God. And uh, growing, up, growing up as a child, I loved devouring the Word of God. I loved going into the Bible and just studying truths about the, the Word of God. And, and uh, the conversations that I've had with God growing up at a very young age in my teenage years are conversations that I still hold deep and true to my heart. Uh, one of the passages that I really loved reading and memorizing as a teenager and as a young boy, as a little boy, was Psalms 139. And a lot of y'all probably have read this passage. Uh, some of y'all probably know it by memory. There was upon a time that I knew it by memory, and, and I grew old, uh, and now I don't know it by memory. But there are verses in here that are so close to my heart and, and etched in my heart. And in Psalm 139, verses 1 to 4, the Bible says this, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my laying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, O oh Lord, knew it completely. If we jump a few verses, I, wanna, I don't want to read the whole passage for the, uh, for the lack of time, but if you go to verse number 23 and 24, the Bible continues to say this, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. 
See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, O God, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in everlasting life. How many of you love traveling? Three people. Okay, <laughs> come on. I think some of us haven't traveled in a long time. And you're like, what's that? Uh, I, I love traveling. I love taking vacations. I'm pretty sure you too. Uh, our little girls, Michaela and Carissa, they love traveling. They love going places. They love getting into airplanes. Uh, but you know what I don't love about traveling though? And you probably echo my sentiments. I hate the airport experience. I just simply do. There was a point in time, I'm like, airport, like my little girls are right now. Love the airport, love everything about the airport. But then when you start adulting, you're like, ah, this, is, this is just tedious. Like, have you ever been to an airport and have you ever met like a happy, excited staff worker? Like anybody that's on staff in an airport looks happy and ex- hey, welcome to the DFW airport. We are so excited you were here. How can we serve? No, it doesn't happen. Right? It doesn't. Like, I don't know if you've ever met somebody like that. Like, even the Chick-fil-A employee at the airports, like the McDonald's employees. Right? I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's, what do you want? You know, kind of, like, nobody is happy. Man, it is a toxic place. It's, it's a stressful place. It's stressful, man. And, and, and I, I probably feel your sentiments as well. And no one's smiling. No one's doing anything. They're, they're you know, I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm the only happy person in the place. You know, I'm like trying to make everybody happy. I'm like walking to the ticket counter. I'm like, hey! What's going on? And they're like, okay, calm down. It's too early for this. And, you know, I, I'm nervous, so I'm trying to, you know, lighten the situation. You know, I'm walking up to the counter, and I'm like, ah, busy day? And she's like, sure. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to make small talk. You know, I'm, I'm the only extra one, uh, the, the only excited one. But the only time they get happy, right, the person behind the counter is the only time they get happy is when you go over your baggage allowance, right? Their tone completely changes. They're like, so, sir, you know, your bag is over the weight allowance by two pounds, and you owe extra. That's the only time they get happy, when they want to squeeze every dollar out of you. And you know it too, right? You know that your bag is heavy. You know, when a few hours ago, when you were packing and stuffing your bag, putting your leg in there, like pushing it in, squeezing it in, trying to like tuck it in, and, and your wife is telling you, <clears throat> uh, Ashers, that's too heavy. You're like, it's okay, it's okay. You, you like, like squeeze it in. You like try to push it in. You feel like if you put your feet in there and like squish it a little more, maybe it won't be as heavy. And you know it's going to be heavy. You know it's going to be a problem. But you're like, it's okay, it's okay. We okay right? And we go into the counter and we, we put that, that bag on that counter and we're like, you know that soft release that we do? It's like slowly putting it down. Like if you slow, like it's like how some of us get on the weighing scale at home. <laughs> you know, I, I get on it slow because I don't want to break it. But some of y'all like, y'all, y'all get on it because you feel like if you do it slowly, like maybe it would be two pounds lesser, right? <laughs> Nobody here. But you put it slowly, that, that lower, the lowering of that bag is so slow. But now, like an idiot, I'm, I'm to open my bag in front of people, right? And I don't know what two pounds is, right? I'm pulling out a boot here, I'm pulling out toothpaste, you know, I'm pulling out, you know, a sock. I'm like, does anyone here know what like two pounds is? Because I obviously don't, because I don't want to pay $8,000, right, for two extra pounds. And I'm like, where do you want me to put this? I'm like holding my sock in my boot. I'm like, where do you want me to put this? And you carry on, is what she's saying. 
And I'm like, man, both of these things are going to the same airplane, right? Like one's on the bottom, one's on the top. And, and you know, they, they have the policy thing that they tell you and it doesn't matter. And then they, you go into checking, when they check your ID, right? They're looking at you and they're like, you've lost hair. This, this, this one looks like you have hair. It's TSA security, most stressful part. And when you're a brown man with a beard, okay? It doesn't help. Like if there's anybody here that knows what I'm talking about, there are a lot of brown men here with beards and you're bald too, and it doesn't help. You get randomly selected, like a lot. Am I talking to somebody here? Amen. No, it's just me, amen. See, I got one amen. It's like when they pull you into the secondary screening, like you know what's gonna happen already. You're like, I know the questions, I have a PDF here, here you go, all the answers are over here, sir. I could, I could give you a paper copy, you pull it out of your, like you know, right, what's gonna be expected. It's, it's a nightmare. I don't, I, don't, I don't love traveling, I don't, you know. But then you go through the security and then sometimes you have to have that extra search done and the extra findings that they find. And you don't want to crack jokes during that time. And I'll talk about airport security later. But man, but my, my question to some of us is when is the last time that we have allowed God to willingly search you? Like how, how many of us have given permission to God to search us? That moment when that person comes up to you and says, sir, we have to do a manual check. Something went off the, on their radar. So their machine went off and they're like, sir, we, we definitely have to search you. How many of you are willingly saying, oh, I love this part. I'm, I'm ex- Brigis, are you, you, are you excited? You're not like, oh, this is amazing. I'm wait, I've waited all along. This, this is the most exciting time of the trip. I'm waiting to get patted down. I'm waiting to like go through that machine that reads all of me. This is the most exciting. No one does that, right? Like in our Christian walks, if I told you there are some prayers, right, that are bold, audacious prayers, and that there are some prayers that are safe prayers, my question to some, so many of us is, what kind of prayers do we pray? Like if I told you there are some prayers that you can pray and God will definitely answer them, would you be open to praying these prayers? These aren't the safe prayers. These are some audacious prayers. Our series is entitled Audacious Prayers because if you are brave enough to pray these prayers, you can be assured that God will answer them. How sure are you, Ashish? It is 100% sure that God will answer those prayers. And the, over the, the course of the next three Sundays, we'll dive into these three different prayers in the Bible and how these prayers have the potential to change us from the inside out. Today we'll study the prayer, search me. Next week we'll study the prayer, lead me. You don't want to miss next week. It's going to be amazing. And then there's the last prayer, Lord, break me. And these are prayers of invitation. These are prayers of change. These are prayers that are life-changing and life-transforming. These are prayers that we don't pray every day, but I guarantee you these are prayers that you make sure are a part of your everyday Christian life. Trust me, God will transform your understanding. God will change you completely. Most of the time we pray safe prayers. Lord, bless this food. Lord, bless my family. Bless my children. Bless my church. Keep me safe. Give me a good job. These are the safe prayers. Lord, give me a good paying job. Give me good grades. Give me success in everything I do. Lord, give me safety in the road. Lord, heal me. Lord, heal my friend. Be with us. These are safe prayers. Someone say safe prayers. There's nothing wrong with these prayers. 
I'm not saying this is safe and this is, this isn't, this, this is right and this isn't right. That's not what I'm trying to say. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. And we should keep praying for things like that. These are important. But in verse number one to four, David starts talking about, Lord, I want you to dissect me. And he says, you have searched me, Lord, and, and you know me. He says, Lord, you know my inner being. You know when I sit down and you know when I rise. He says, you see my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my laying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Amen. Psalm 139 begins with David's acknowledgement that God is examined in his heart. Do you know that if you like it or not, God is always looking at your heart. He knows your heart. It doesn't matter. The Lord knows everything about him. That's what he says in verse number one. Nothing about David or his life can be hidden from God. Who knows even what, you know, he, he, this, this God is a God that knows everything that David is thinking and saying even before those words come out of his mouth. I want to encourage somebody and remind somebody this morning that God made us. God made you. God made me. He knows us. He loves us. Not because we are perfect, but because we are his. Am I talking to somebody? He doesn't, he doesn't love you. He doesn't love you unconditionally. You're not his. He doesn't call you his because you're perfect. And you don't have to aim towards that. He loves you because he created you in his own image, in his own likeness. And when he sees you, he says, man, you are adored. You are loved. And David, even when he's tried to escape from the Lord in every place that God would be present, God shows up in verse number 7 to 13. If you read it, he says, God, there's no place I can hide from you. You're everywhere, God. I, I cannot hide. My thoughts cannot evade you, God. In fact, God even knew David in his mother's womb as he knit him together wonderfully and fearfully in verse 13 to 16, as David is saying. And the first 18 verses of Psalms 139, it celebrates the Lord's intimate knowledge of David. And suddenly in verse 19, something tragic, crazy happens. Not tragic, but crazy happens. He changes the subject abruptly. He goes from, God, I love you. God, I praise you. I did something like this the other day. And he says this, oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. Like, whoa, David, where did that come from? It was like me the other day. We were praying. We were doing some family prayer. Uh, and and uh, it was, it was kind of late on that day. And we get the girls together. And, you know, Sonia and I, we all come together and we pray uh, together before we send them to sleep. And I think the girls were like super tired by then. And, um, you know, praying over them. And, you know, a regular family prayer. In the middle of it, I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me, lay your hands on Michaela and pray for her. And she was like right next to me. And I don't know what got over me. It was the pastor, the father, a combination of everything. And I just put my hand on her head and I'm like, in the name of Jesus. And she just like got so scared, right? The fact was she was sleeping, like, like she knocked out and oh my gosh, have you ever been there? Like any kid, like when you were growing up, right? You were in church. Come on. You know what I'm, Dr. Allen, you know exactly what I'm talking. He's nodding his head furiously. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like you were in church, you're like dozing off and somebody came and said, wake up. <laughs> been there, done that. I know you guys never slept in church. I did a lot of it. I was well rested in the Lord. <laughs> She was scared out of her mind. I said, sorry, baby. And I continued to pray. And I noticed that she was sniffling. And, and I saw tears running down her eyes. She was so scared. I felt so bad. But I just felt in that moment that I needed to rebuke the devil. Whatever it was that the Holy Spirit was telling me to rebuke, I had to get into that pastor, father moment over there. And David is, is getting in a moment like that. And he's like, oh God, if you would only destroy the wicked, get out of my life, you murderers. And he's like changing his stone. And he's rebuking the devil. And he's rebuking enemies. 
It's as if the memory of those who sought David's life interrupted his celebration of God's presence and filled his heart with hatred for enemies. And he pauses immediately. And after that moment of, 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 of aren't, those, aren't there those times where you just feel bad? Like you, you have these bad thoughts where you just don't want the people that broke you, hurt you, that, that, that harmed you to prosper. There are times that you basically say, Lord, I'm a victim here. And I want to make sure, God, that you and, and only you, Lord, do this and this and this to this person. Make sure, God, that this happens to her. Make sure that this happens to him. I want you to, to make sure that you take care of it. But not my will, but your will be done. So 139 Psalm, it takes another expected turn in verse number 23 where he shifts gears again and he says, Lord, search my heart, Lord. Like these verses contradict itself. If you go to verse number one to four, the first passage, he says, Lord, you have searched me. You know me. Like you know my every being. You know my every detail. You know me, Lord. You've tested me. You know my anxious stuff. You know all of this. And he says, Lord, please search me, God. Test me. Know my anxious stuff. Like does God know all there is to know about me or doesn't he? I feel like he does. But I wonder why David asked God to search him when he started the whole thing by saying that God already knows him, that God has already searched him. Why this dilemma, David? Perhaps he remembered his enemies and the things that they had done to dishonor him. And he wanted to invite God to search him and reveal everything offensive in his life. I want to break down this verse into three parts. Is that cool? Uh, let's break this down into three parts. Part number one, search me, God. This audacious, bold prayer that you pray has to be broken down into three parts. Search me, Lord. Know my heart. Someone say, search me. We don't have good hearts. I don't know if you know that already. We as human beings, we don't have good hearts. We talk about people often and we say, man, that person has a good heart. Oftentimes it's at funerals I hear it. The person had an amazing, like, his good heart. Some people say that about people that are alive as well. We often make the statement about people, oh, they have a good heart. Actually, if we want to be very truthful, they don't. Why do you know, Pastor? Because the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9, the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? We are all like that. I want to encourage each one of us today, your heart and my heart is, it's, it's, it's horrible. It's in a horrible condition. And no matter how good of a person you think you are or how good of a person you think the other person is or your spouse is, or it doesn't matter who is in this church, it doesn't matter. We're all inherently wicked in our hearts. And God already knows that your heart is not pure. But you know what God, this gives an opportunity for? This gives God the opportunity to show you some things about yourself which can bring you into more intimate relationship with Him. Do we remind ourselves that even though God knows us and our hearts have to be submitted to Him, there are moments that we, where, where we have to deal with undealt sin, things that come up in our lives that we want, to, we want to ignore, that we want to keep away, but it keeps creeping up, it keeps coming up, it shocks us, it throws us off. And David is going through a very similar situation like that. Man, I've used this psalm as a prayer so many times and God does in fact show me things that I need to change in my life. There are moments in my life where I know that things are not going straight and no matter how much I worship and no matter how much I come and pray and no matter how much I try to read the word, I know that my heart is not right before God. 
There's a reason why when we take communion, the Bible says that examine yourselves before you approach this for the, the, the presence of God and for the power of God and for, for the, 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 the revelation of the salvation of God to make any sense to people. It is important for you and me to have a very substantiated, very found uh, a belief system that is founded on the fact that my God knows every single detail in my life. And this searching is not done by an angry or a scolding God. When we say, God, search me, it's not done by a God that is waving his finger at me, that is upset with me, that is sending me to timeout, that is beating me time and time again. It's by a father who longs to bring me towards a life that I'm fully alive in him. Maybe, just maybe, inviting God to search me and knowing me is inviting him to show me myself. How many of us need to see ourselves for who we are? Because you know what? The person that we see is the person we want to see. When we wake up, the Christian that we see, oftentimes in our own lives, the, the person that you think you are is the person that you want to be, you hope to be. It's not who you really are. God, show me who I am, Lord. My beauty, my darkness, God. He's the only one who knows the depths of both. And he's the only one that can restore me to the perfection that he planned for me from the beginning of time. He said, I knew you before you were born in your mother's womb. There's only one person that can reveal yourself to you for who you are. And his name is Almighty God. When the psalmist is asking God to search his heart, he's not talking about a casual scan. He's not talking about a quick scan. He's not talking about a quick, Lord, just make sure that it's a quick. No, no, no. It's a, it's a deep cleanse. It's a deep looking into. It's like this yearly exam that your doctor sits down with you and does. He makes sure that every test is done. Everything is ruled out that needs to be ruled out. He gives you advice. That is, he's not talking about this. He's asking for this deep penetrating investigation. And in Hebrew, that word searching is the word digging. He says, Lord, dig my heart. This is exciting, y'all. The Hebrew word suggests this idea of digging, searching the earth by digging. That's what it means. Lord, just dig, uproot is what he's saying. Not just, Lord, just look through it, just dissect delicately, Lord. Make sure nothing breaks, God. Make sure nothing falls apart, God. Make sure that my children are still together, God. Make sure that my marriage is still, make sure all my relationships are still together. God, make sure that, Lord, you could search me, God, but that relationship that I have, I don't want to let go of that, God, but search me nonetheless. No, no, no. It's a giving a, a, a tool into the hands of God and saying, go ahead, God, dig this ground in my heart. Make sure that you expose every detail of my heart, which means I'm covering that which is under the surface and I'm asking God to dig it out. What happens when God digs? I'll tell you what happens. What happens when you go into your backyard and dig? The same thing. You disturb the plain ground. It becomes a level ground to unlevel ground. Am I talking to somebody? It's gonna be disturbed. The ground's not gonna look the same. Do not expect to ask God to search you and remain the same. Am I talking to somebody? Do not ask God, do not welcome God into your life to disturb the things in your life and expect to walk out of that prayer undisturbed. It's gonna change. Have y'all ever dug ground? Like if you dig, it, it, it blows my mind sometimes, right? But if you dig a certain amount of dirt from the ground and put it up in a pile and try to put that dirt back in, guess what happens? It doesn't go back the same way you put. 
I don't think someone's understanding what I'm trying to say. You'll always find that that ground's not going to be, it, it might be the exact amount of dirt, right? You could put back every ounce of it, but guess what you're going to notice? It's going to be uneven. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to notice this big old mountain. You're like, man, I tried to make sure that nothing was seen. Like, I wanted, like, like, I wanted to make sure that this dead body, no, I'm just kidding. I, I, <laughs> Just kidding, it went real dark over there. No, but, but you see that, right? It's, it's, it's a mound that you see. It's not, and, and it takes some time. It takes some time for that ground to become level once again. Come on, somebody. You can't undercompensate and say, you know what? I know that this ground is going to be pretty high. So let me take out a bunch of dirt and make sure that it's level. What's going to happen in a week? It's going to sink. See, here's the thing. God made you a certain way and sometimes God has to dig some stuff out and you're not going to, it's not going to look pretty. Your reputation is going to get hurt. The things around you are going to be hampered. Your marriage is probably going to shake a little bit. Your relationships are going to shake a little bit. Your job is probably going to shake a little bit. But be assured that when God is done with what he has to be done, the ground is still, it, it, it disturbs the plain ground. Things have to happen the way it happens. It might be a week, it might be a month, but that ground goes back to being the ground it was, maybe in a better way. Because you know what, what digging also does? It aerates the soil. It makes the soil more richer, more able to soak in the water. You know what we do when we dig? We, we take the weeds out. That's weed control. That's when we dig. Some of us need to stop putting spray on, on, on the weeds, man. It's going to come back up. Go there and we got to dig it out. And you know what also digging does? Digging also prepares the soil for seed. Remember when you're going through a season in your life that God is trying to dig? And when you say, God, search me, that's a prayer that you're opening up your heart to God and saying, God, I'm ready for a season of harvest. You're looking forward to a season of fruit. You're looking forward to a season where God is going to bless you and saying, God, you know what? If I don't go through this dirty time right now, if I don't go through this time where my hands are going to be dirty, where people are going to be looking at me, looking at me and saying, things are not together. The pieces are not put together. This person doesn't seem right. Or this person doesn't look, it, it may not be all right. But you know what I'm telling you? I am, I am speaking life over you today and I'm prophesying over some of you today and saying, you got to be okay with looking, looking at God and saying, God, Dig me, Lord. Make sure that you search my inner being. Dig whatever needs to be done, God, so that I can be like who you want me to be, not who I want to be. So my question to you is, what are you going to do with the stuff that God shows you? Because worms are going to come out, bro. The moment you start digging, stuff's going to come out that you don't expect to come out. How, how does God reveal hidden things to me? In many ways, it's, sometimes it's through reading the scripture. It's through hearing the word of God preached through challenging love of friends. When they come up to you and tell you, hey, I was praying about this thing and this is something that you need to pray about and you need to correct. Through the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, when he brings it to the surface, the revelation of the word of God, shining a light on it, this is when you know that God is trying to unravel something. Someone say unravel. Like are there things that you're trying to hide or, or that are hidden that needs to be uprooted and dealt with? What would happen if God searches your heart? And I'm asking this question over and over again because I need an answer this morning. I need you to answer that question. God, is there things in my heart that need to be brought out? 
In asking God to search me, I'm inviting him to also open my heart so that I might receive the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I'm basically looking at God and saying, God, point me to anything in me that offends you and I will listen to you. Point to me anything, God, that offends other people that doesn't make me Christ-like and God, I will listen to you, God. This is, this is important, church. It's uncomfortable, I know it is. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable when they randomly choose you at the airport and say, sir, can you step aside? It's not a woo, 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 glory to God, glory to God, I love this. No, it's not. It is awkward when you are singled out from the crowd and sometimes God will single you out. He's gonna pull you aside. It, it could be in your family and it could happen because somebody exposed something in your life. It could be something because it could be a, a, something that your husband found out or your wife found out about you. It could be something that your parents found out about you and, and that's okay sometimes and it might be awkward and might be, it might be scary and those situations are situations that you don't wanna put yourself into but man, it is, it is an awkward situation but it is a situation that's going to benefit It's uncomfortable when you're picked out. Word of advice, when you're picked out or if you're walking through that scanning thing that shows everything to everybody, please make sure that you don't try to be funny. Please. Sir, are you, do you have anything on you? Once I tried to say, I have a tire, sir, and he didn't understand. He didn't, he didn't, none of y'all got it too. I said, I have a tire and he was really with a straight face and he thought I wasn't kidding and like I said beard brown doesn't help he's like sir can you please uh move to the other line and pulled aside and I was like sir I was just kidding I really was so it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's super awkward when he says male assist required and I'm like no lord I do not want male assist right now <laughs> and Sonia's like you deserve it you deserve it She's standing aside and she's laughing at me. Sir, I'm going to pat you down right now. Okay, I'm going to tell you where I'm going to touch you and when, when I'm going to touch you. I'll use the back of my hands for sensitive areas. And I'm like, sensitive areas? Like, what does that entail? Like, under my arms, inner thighs, under your waistband. And I'm like, sir, I've tried to get under there. You can't get under there. Just <laughs> See, I, I, I can't. It's embarrassing. You're not like, this is celebratory. I'm excited to be searched. But man, they have to make sure that that happens. And oftentimes God puts us through situations like that because we tuck stuff away in our life that God's like, man, it's not needed. That's not supposed to be there. And I got to bring that out. And unless I bring that out, it might be embarrassing. It might be something that puts you in the spotlight. But when I'm said and done with it, you know that you're going to be a safer person. You're going to be safe to people around you. We know that this plane is going to get to the destination that it's supposed to. Your family is going to get to the destiny that they were promised to because we don't want you to hold back your family. Sometimes God takes you through seasons of testing and seasons of pain and seasons of embarrassment because he says, I got to dig out what I got to dig out. And some of us just need to say, God, search me, God, because you are able to unravel what I have hidden and what I want to say does not exist. Uh, and then he says, Lord, test me. Know my anxiety. Know my anxiety. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Oh, Lord Jesus. Ask God to test your thoughts. 
When's the last time you actually looked at God and said, God, would you test my thoughts? Would you just do like a thorough scan of the things I'm thinking, the things I'm saying? Uh Uh-uh, we don't. The Strong's Concordance suggests the idea of testing our thoughts is like metals, which, which means putting them through fire of sorts to identify any that are not strong enough to endure. Evil people have accused David, causing him anxieties. He wanted to be sure that it was not the result of his own doing, that his heart was right before God, and he's asked God to show him if he was possibly in the wrong in any way. What would God find out if he tested your thoughts? Not that he didn't, he doesn't know your thoughts, he knows your thoughts. But the permission that you and I give him to test our thoughts, woo, that's a whole different ballgame altogether. The strength of something can only be found when it's tested. The validity of something is only proved when it's tested. You know, cars, before they make it to the the showroom where you can go and test drive it, it goes to this rigorous testing before they can put it out on the perilous roads that we drive it on. Ask God to take control of your anxieties and fear. Ask him to test you. He says, Lord, show me, God, my anxious thoughts. Anxious thoughts are private, things that you tuck away, things that you don't talk about things that you don't want anybody to hear about. And you know what anxious thoughts are often caused caused from? It, it, It stems from fears. Most anxious thoughts start with a what if. Am I talking to somebody? What if I lose my job? What if I'm running, what if I run out of money? What if my bank balance dwindles? What if I'm not gonna get into med school? What if I'm, I, I fail my classes? What if I don't get married by a certain age? Like what if I get locked into a bad marriage? What if? I lose a relationship. What if sickness or death is the end of me? See, the areas that produce fear in our lives are caused by not trusting God in those areas. And our fears show us where we trust God the, the least. But the word of God continues to tell us this. It says, perfect love casts out all fear. Are there strongholds in your life? Doubts, insecurities, stress, anxieties, that you know that needs to be purged from your mind. He says, Lord, know my heart. Folks, it's not a safe prayer. It's not. Yeah, he knows my heart. He knows my thoughts. It doesn't change that. He searches my heart day in and day out. But for you and me to make that admission and say, God, I am willing you, I, I willingly, I am, I am excited about the proposition, God, that you can dissect every part of me and make me who you want me to be, not who I see myself to be. It takes courage to pray it. Because when you pray it, God will show you some things about yourself that you're not really proud of. But there's power and strength and grace and mercy. In verse number 24, he says, see if there, are any, see if there is any offensive way in me. And, and the, the latter part of that, lead me in the way of everlasting. We'll, we'll talk about that next week, but I'm gonna close with this. He says, see, worship team, y'all can get ready. See if there's any offensive way in me. When's the last time we asked God to reveal if there was offense in you? Like, don't we always play the offended? We always say, God, so-and-so offended me. God, how how dare this person offends me? Or, Lord, why am I going through this? We're always the victims. And we always say, Jesus had haters too. Haters gonna hate, 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 hate. Yeah, I'm sure he had haters. 
But how many of you have paused? Like anytime we read about a story about Jesus healing somebody and a Pharisee comes into the story and says, Jesus, we always like make it about, you know, we, we, we always like type ourselves with either the person getting healed or with Jesus or the people that brought that person to Jesus. But we never put ourselves in the shoes of a Pharisee. Am I talking to somebody like, where's the Pharisee in me? Like, what makes God sad? Have you thought about things like that? Oh, God is God. He can't be sad. No, no, no. There are things that makes God sad. The Holy Spirit reveals our thoughts. Are you asking the Holy Spirit to reveal the thoughts? In 2 Chronicles 32, we're given this insight as to how God in certain times may deal with us. King Hezekiah, right? He receives envoys from, from Babylon and God, God withdraws Hezekiah, right? To see what he would do. He, he withdraws from him. He separates himself from him and he says, I'm gonna test your thoughts. I'm gonna test what you're about to do. Now, now this is what the passage says. However, regarding the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon, whom they sent to him to inquire about the wonder that was done in the land, God withdrew from him in order to test him that he might know all that was in his heart. This is good. King Hezekiah, I wanna see if you're a godly man. Do you know that God puts you through times of testing to see how godly of a man or a woman you and I are? See, we learned that there are times God does not intervene immediately, but he allows us to persevere through difficult and testing circumstances. How we individually deal with various issues tells God a lot about us and how we might be learning to think like he does. And oftentimes, you know what we do? We're that Pharisee. We justify our anger. It's appropriate frustration is what we say. It's never anger. I deserve to be angry. I deserve to be upset. For some of us, it's, oh man, I can't sleep. Let me get on this computer. You're looking at stuff that you shouldn't be looking at. And the Holy Spirit is talking to you. Like, what you doing, bud? I'm just looking at her. Who's she? Um, she, you know, she. I'm just, I'm just admiring your creation, God. God's like, you can go outside and look at trees. That's my creation too. Oh, I'm being brutally honest this morning. We're not sugarcoating anything over here. Like, like it's, it's called lusting, pal. That's what it's called. That's where the Holy Spirit comes and talks to you and says, that's called lusting. What you doing, buddy? Oh, just thinking about my friend's wife. Huh? What? Just sending positive thoughts her way. No, no, no. That's called something else. That's called, what? No, this place went Quiet. That, that's called coveting, pal. That's, that's, that's what it's called. The Holy Spirit is there to teach me and, and break my heart, to tear my heart, open my heart. What you watching, sis? Oh, this handsome guy looking for a soulmate? Where's he looking? Is that christianmingle.com? Oh, no. Oh, you're talking about the show where the dude goes around dating multiple women, making out with them and pretending to be in love with multiple people? I'm stepping on some toes this morning. Oh, brother, you're being too religious. Come on now. Lower it a tad bit. I thought we're, we're an advanced church. We're, we're, not, we're not that conservative. No, 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 no. There's, you know, there's, the Bible says, God looks at us and says, be holy for I am holy. All right, that's what the Bible says. 
not engaging in the show. It's not like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm condoning. No, it, you know, by, by engaging with the show, by watching it, you're telling, the whole, you're telling Hollywood to make more shows like it and you're allowing them to push the envelope further. But when you don't watch it and when they don't get those ratings, when they don't get that viewership, they know to make sure that they don't renew the contract with that show. Oh, I didn't know that, Pastor. You know you're supporting a show that portrays conflict within relationships as a, and, and you think it as, as a melodramatic form of entertainment when it's not. We innocently engage in things that hurt the heart of God. And we don't have a clue as to what we're doing sometimes and sometimes all it takes is saying, God, I want to pause and I want you to dissect my every thought, my every decision. My heart, this is not a feel-good message. It's not a message that would probably have some of y'all clapping and, and jumping on your, on your head or, or, or running around the room or doing the Holy Spirit two-step. It ain't a message like that. I, God is telling me to speak to our hearts today. Speak to your souls today and say, we need to do some searching. We need to look at God and say, God, I'm praying an audacious prayer, God. And I'm asking you to search me. I'm asking you to look at my thoughts dissect my thoughts God the, you know how, how what steps should I take to make sure that our hearts are spiritually healthy stand up with me church please two things I'm going to end with this two things what steps should I take to make sure our hearts are spiritually healthy in the sight of God one is be honest with God someone said be honest be honest with God an attitude of repentance you know what David does in Psalm 51 he says Lord create within me a clean heart and renew a steadfast constant that's the word constant spirit within me not just the Holy Spirit that comes in and out when needed or beckoned but a constant spirit which means I want your Holy Spirit to be speaking to me the entire time come on somebody I want life in God, life in the Holy Spirit to be a steadfast, a constant life of encouragement, speaking of the word into our hearts. See, be cautious. It's easy to offend God by asking him to search you. Well, well you've made little effort to search yourself and lesser effort, effort to actually act upon that scrutiny. Because we often do that. Lord, search me, God. But when he reveals what you need to change, you're like, God, I don't think that's a problem. It's actually mockery to say, Lord, search me and not do anything about the findings that he comes up with. What's the point of it? The first thing that you got to do is, is approach God and say, Lord, I'm being honest with you today. Which leads me to the second one is accept his forgiveness. There's some of y'all that need to hear this word today. You have to accept the forgiveness that God has for you. In 1 John 1, 8 and 9, the Bible says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins like David did, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Can I say, I'm going to make a statement and I want you to hear this. If you didn't hear anything else still, I want you to hear this. No matter how your life has turned out, you and I, if we don't learn to easily accept God's forgiveness, we cheapen grace. We cheapen grace. He looks at you and he says, he's like the hound of heaven. He, he keeps pounding at your heart and saying, I love you. I care for you. I created you in my own image. I created you in my own likeness. Give me a chance to dissect every thought because you can't get better. You can't go to your yearly appointment when the doctor asks you stuff. You can't cook up stuff. 
or like some of us do, the week, that, the week before you have to go to your annual, what do you do? You eat real good. This place is awfully quiet. You know what I'm talking about. You, you go on that healthy diet for one week. You're not eating oils or sugars because you want every, like what, what's the point? Like what's the point? Because you want to show somebody that you're okay temporarily. But the underlying, and that's how we approach God so many times. And God's like, no, if I have to deal with the issue, I got to dig, bro. I can't do a scan. I, I just can't do this, this surface level x-ray thingy that you're talking. No, no, no. It has to be a deeper scan than that. I got to see every part of you. I got to see every inside part of you that is hidden away. Everything that you have tucked away. I need to go into that place. And as the worship team leads us in a time of worship, I want us to surrender our hearts to God. If you pray this audacious prayer, I want to guarantee you something. God will hear your prayer. It's not like the Lord, I like a Lamborghini, God. I pray that by December I get it. It will be in my driveway. In the name of Jesus, I name it and I claim it. In the name of Jesus, let it happen. No, it's not that kind of a prayer. Although that's nice. And if you can afford one and God has given you the ability to get one, get one. This is the kind of prayer that God looks and says, this is in my will. Those are the kind of prayers that God says, it's in my will that I search you, that I dissect every part of you. And how many of you will be bold enough to say that prayer today? I'm pushing you, I'm urging you. Thank you for listening. We love bringing you the word on so many different platforms. We are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us. We'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out. And don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you.